lose some pounds after the holidays. So started my diet, and I, I was told that resolutions aren't really effective, but you have to have new habits. And so I, I thought, okay, well, my drive to work, I go past that really nice bakery. I, it's over there between my house and, and the church, and, and, uh, and there's, there's muffins and donuts, and I mean, they're, they're good stuff. So, so I thought, well, I'm going to alter my drive and, and go, go a different direction. Well, you know how habits are. You forget, and I drove right by it, and, uh, and I knew that God wanted me to have a muffin or a donut, so... Um, so I said, Lord, it, it's up to you. If you want me to have one of these delicious treats, um, open up that parking spot for me right next to the door. And wouldn't you know, on the eighth time around the block, <laughs> that spot opened right up. And God is, is so good. He provides to us. Um, well, we're, uh, we're starting our new year. Um, we're starting a new series, uh, the book of Ephesians. And, and we're going to call this in Christ, and I, I don't want to say too much about that, about why just yet, because Mark's really going into that next week. But I, I want to talk about Ephesians a little bit. So this is a letter that Paul wrote, uh, which I jumped ahead, but um, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of two parts. It first is between, a relationship between us and God. So the first six weeks, you're going to see how we have been reconciled to God. Uh, and then the next seven weeks, it's our relationships with one another. Okay, so um, you, you'll see how this, uh, this plays out. So I, I want to start at the beginning of the letter to get a little bit more information here. And it says this, beginning in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so first we see that it's from Paul. Uh, and he, he says, an apostle of Christ by the will of God. So he puts himself on a pretty high, high ground. I mean, he's kind of making himself equal to the disciples, but he says, by the will of God. It's not like he's, he, he chose to be up here. He said, no, God put him in this place. Um, but like, like letters, when we sign, we, we sign at the end, uh, what the, they do it at the beginning. So we see that this letter is from Paul, all right? And then he says, to God's holy people in Ephesus, so God's holy people, or the faithful, those are followers of Jesus. Now, it says in Ephesus in, in our translation, um, but there's a possibility that it's not just to the Ephesians. Uh, the reason being, Paul was very personal in his writings, and so he would, he would go and visit, and then he would leave, and then he would write a letter, encouraging, challenging, even rebuking. But if you look at some of his letters, you see that he names people. I mean, he's very specific. In Ephesians, you don't really see that. And so I think uh, there's a couple options for that. Maybe he, he didn't write it, but I think he did, but he wrote it to uh, all the Christians in the Southwest Asia Minor area. So it's, it's really, it's from Paul to all the Christians, which applies uh, to us uh, in a great way as well. Um, but more importantly is the message of this letter. And just from the, this first, first two verses, we see grace and peace. Two, two things that we cannot earn, uh, that we know come from God, and this is the idea that we're going to take pretty far today, um, this idea of God giving us. All right, so now that we know a little bit about the letter, let's jump in. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The entire passage is about blessings in Christ, more importantly, uh, spiritual blessings. And so what does it mean to be blessed? 
We have our ideas of what that means. But I don't want to answer the question on what I personally think blessings are. I want the text to answer the questions of what blessings really are. And so we get just from the very first part here, we see that the first idea tells us where they come from. Blessings from above. It says every spiritual blessing. Okay, so these are, these are different from physical blessings, but I think that they're what we really need. We don't always think that, um, but you'll see why. These blessings, they help us answer uh, life's greatest questions. Um, like, why is the sky blue? And why is the moon made out of cheese? And, um, okay, that's, that's not true. And those aren't really the questions that matter to us. Uh, we're going to go into some really deep questions today. I don't want to give them away just yet. But I think, it's, I think it's really what we need to carry us, what keeps us up at night. Uh, when everything else is going right or wrong, what questions do we still have? And so we learn that spiritual blessings, they change life now. Now, most of us, or I think many people at least, maybe not, not us, uh, think that physical blessings change life today. If I, if I get this, this job, or if I get this amount of money, or this car, or this house, or maybe even a relationship with this person, those are more of the, the physical blessings, temporary blessings that we have right now. And we think, if I just get all those, then I'm good. And I, I want to, these are the ones that I need. I don't need spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings, those are for, for people when they, when they get to heaven. But, but what about now? Well, these blessings, as you'll see, these spiritual blessings matter more in your life now than any physical blessing. Now let's look at him. So beginning in verse 4 then, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So first we see blessings from God the Father. The text says a lot and it's kind of hard to, to really grasp what it's saying. But anyone who reads this would see that our faith starts with what God has done with us and for us and not what we've done uh, for God. We have not earned it. But I think um, more importantly, or as importantly, this text answers the first question, the first great question in life, who am I? Who am I? Who, don't, don't we all have that question at some point? Um, the, this, tech, the, this little passage here gives us the blessings of identity and purpose. Last week, Tracy spoke on our purpose being uh, uh, to, to, uh, share the, or to follow the Great Commission, to share the gospel. Two weeks ago, I spoke on John the Baptist's purpose uh, was to point other people to Jesus, to share the gospel. In today's text, we see the consistency of the purpose, but even more, we see an explanation of how to go about it. It's to be holy and blameless in his sight. So who are you? Where's my identity in that? That's, that's rules. Who am I? Well, from this, you are chosen, and you are adopted. You know what it's like to be chosen. Uh, maybe it's uh, when you were a kid playing kickball or, or basketball, and, and you, know, you pick teams, and, and you want to be chosen. Uh, you don't want to be the, the, the last one or two that they don't really even get picked. It's like, well, you take him, and I guess I'll take him. Um, you know, we don't want that. Um, or it's, maybe it's being chosen for a job. There's, you're down to two candidates or ten candidates, and you're the one that's chosen. We want to be chosen uh, because we find our identity in what we've been chosen for. We challenge, you can challenge this all you want, and I think I do. I think we all do at times. We're blessed. 
all of us, in, every, in more ways than we can imagine. In the, there's a reality TV show called Monastery, and I think it's a, a, a British broadcasted show. Um, it's, a, it's a group of five men from diverse backgrounds that volunteered to join the Benedictine Monastery for a span of 40 days. They didn't have to hold the Christian beliefs, but they had to, uh, they had to follow the monks' communal requirements, like a strict rhythm of meals, silence, prayer times, and so on. And so one of the stories is focused on a, a man named Tony, and he's a producer in the adult films industry. Um, and, and so I, this, is, this is a TV show, but I'm going to just kind of read the story in, in some of the text and then, uh, and then go somewhere with it. So the story goes like this. It says, After some time in the monastery, Tony felt torn. He wanted to keep his job, but he didn't, want to, he didn't want to lose the peace he was experiencing in the monastery. With two days left at the monastery, he shared his concerns with Brother Francis. So Tony said this, No, I'm not going to give up my job. I'm not going to sit in church all day and read the Bible. I need to live. I need to keep my lifestyle. So I'm just a little bit worried. Part of me wants to keep this whole thing alive and carry it through. And I know the minute I get out, it will fade. So one of the monks, Brother Francis, he said back to him, I want to give you something that I feel will help you with what you've just described. Vocation, or maybe, I think maybe he's saying calling or purpose, uh, is about discovering who you really are and maybe what you, you should really be doing. And that is what we're trying to do here, discover who we really are. I want to give you this stone, this white stone. We have our Christian name, our family name, but we also have another name. It's called our white stone name. Revelation 2.17 says, Your new name is written on a white stone in heaven. He says, I think our vocation is to find out what that name is, to find our white stone name. After handing Tony the stone, Brother Francis placed his hands on, on Tony's head and he speaks a word of blessing over him. Immediately after the exchange, the cameras, they scan to a shot of Tony outside in the dark, huddled on a bench, uh, deeply affected by Brother Francis' fatherly words of hope and blessing. And then, I, so I had to set it up before, um, before I share this. The, then John Sower, he comments on this scene, and this is what he says about this idea of, of identity. He says, I believe Brother Francis speaks to the heart of the fatherless generation. These are the sons and daughters who don't know their true name. They are searching for who they really are. In their search, they will bring this question of identity to anyone who will listen. They are willing to look anywhere to find it. Isn't that the truth? People are trying to find their identity, and, and you're willing to look anywhere and everywhere. We have to stop. You are chosen and adopted. You have an identity. We don't need another one. See, more than the physical blessings that we could receive, knowing who we are, knowing that we are chosen and adopted by a loving Father, that should carry us. We see the next blessing. We keep going. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. So second, we see the blessings from God the Son. 
And this question, I think, I think this, in this text it answers, does anybody care about me? Well, it says in, in him, in Jesus, we have forgiveness. We were also chosen. See, through these words, I see, I see blessings of value and hope. Value, we were chosen. Hope, we have forgiveness. These blessings can answer many questions, but, but who doesn't first need to know that someone cares about you? See, I can have my identity. I can have my purpose. I can have my titles at work and at home. I can have a clear role and an idea of how I'm serving the world for God. But if I don't think anybody cares about Casey McCormick, uh, then I, I, don't know how, I don't know where I'm going to be. I want, I want people to care about me. We all do. We want to be not just liked. We want to know that if something happens to us, people will, will care. Someone might miss me. But if nobody cares, then what about all that other stuff? There's this old legend about three men, and they, carried, they each carried two bags. Um, one, one was tied to the front, and one was tied to their back. And, and so when the first man was asked what was in his bags, he said, in the bag on my back are all the good things friends and family have done. That way they're hidden from view. In the front, front bag are all the, the bad things that have happened to me. Every now and then I stop, open the front bag, take out the things, examine them, and think about them. Because he stopped so much to concentrate all the, on all the bad stuff, he really didn't make much progress in life. How much are we taking all the bad stuff out? And looking at it and, and finding our, our, our value in what's in the bag. The second man, he was asked about his bags. He said, in the front are all the good things I've done. I like to see them. So quite often I take them out to show them off. The one in the back, I keep all my mistakes in there and carry them all the time. Sure, they're heavy. They slow me down. But, but you know, for some reason, I can't put them down. That, that front bag, we, all the, maybe the good stuff is, is there... We want to show them off. Is that a, not an insecurity? And then, he, and then the third man, when asked about his, he says, the bag in front is great. There I keep all the positive thoughts I have about people, all the blessings I've experienced, all the great things other people have done for me. The weight isn't a problem. The bag, it, it sails like a ship. It keeps me going forward. But that, that one in the back, oh, that one back there, almost like he forgot it was there. He, he said, I, I cut a hole in that. There's nothing in it. It's empty. I put all the bad things that I can think about myself or hear from others. They go in one end and out the other, so I'm not carrying around any extra weight at all. We, found, we find our value in what we're carrying. Uh, every one of us has good and bad. We want more good than bad, but all of us are carrying around things that someone said this nice thing, and I'm going to remember that. And, and someone said these four mean things about me, and I heard someone might have said this about me, but I'm not really sure, so I'm going to keep that anyway. And that's how I found my value. That's dangerous. And then I wonder, when I hear those things, and do people really care about me? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they just like me because I, uh, I have this to offer. Uh, I, I bring this to the table. You know, uh, Maybe it's just a, a using me th- kind of thing. Or because maybe they're supposed to. Does anybody really care about me? When we look to the cross... The answer is as clear as ever. Does anybody care about me? And I'm going to say this. Jesus does, but please don't downplay this. I know, I know we say, well, he's, he's God. He has to, right? If everyone in the world cared about me, uh, not just everyone in this room, if everyone in the world cared about me, 
and no one ever said anything or did anything bad uh, to me or about me or against me, and everyone cared about me, and I would have a lot of joy and happiness and, and in a way, glory, uh, but it would end at my final breath. It's only a short time. It would be gone. But because Jesus cares, I share in his glory, in his happiness, in his joy forever. I just I look and I see the, the young people, and, and, uh, and I, I know some people look at me, and I'm still pretty young, but, man, it, it does just go. It, life goes, life goes, goes pretty quickly. And I know the older people, I'm, I'm, I'm listening more because I've heard many people say it. It just, just goes by like that. We can't, we can't try to build up our own kingdoms, our, our own happiness, our own joy, and, and forget about Jesus. It will go by and it will not matter at all. But instead, we build his kingdom up and then we share in his glory forever. And in answering this as well as Christians, when we know this, we have to tell people. We have to share it with the world. Not, not everyone has this opportunity of value and hope. Some people, they carry those heavy bags. They don't know what, what forgiveness is. They've never heard that you actually can be forgiven. They don't know that there's a, a loving God who sent his son to die for you. They don't know that. So we share it. A couple of weeks ago, one of my friends was uh, talking about how bad someone was. And, and he said, do you love him? And I said, well, yeah, I do. He said, well, you, you kind of have to because you're a minister. I said, no, that's, that's not it. He, he kept going. He, he said, there are, you know, there, what about the terrorists? Do you, those people that they blow up things and kill people. Do you love those people? I, I said, yeah, I, I really do. He was shocked. I mean, he, really, he really couldn't believe it. I, I explained that you, know, you, you and I, we grew up right here uh, around other people um, who, who, who have told us that they loved us. And we, know, um, we know values. And, and it, was, it was a drawn-out conversation, but, but really we were just talking about you know, what, where we grew up and, and those people that are, uh, that are terrorists, um, where did they grow up in? Well, they were taught by someone else. They don't know the good news. They haven't been, maybe, maybe someone's told them they don't get it yet, um, but they're not the enemies. We have to remember that our goal is to share the mission uh, or the gospel uh, with everyone. Uh, the people who do evil in the world, there's a reason. And it's, and it's not their own. It's not their own fault. And I don't mean that we, we, uh, we don't take blame for our actions, but what if you've never been told any differently? I mean, that could have e- very easily been me or my friend or one of you that you were, you were born in the Middle East and you were, you were raised uh, to, uh, to cause harm to other people. That could have happened. Your next-door neighbor, your boss... Uh, your evil aunt or cousin or sister or terrorist or a racist. They're not the enemy, but Satan is the enemy, and he's dragging people down left and right. We're not doing anything about it. We're not sharing the hope that we've been given. Sometimes we're self-focused and self-driven, and sometimes we're just plain selfish. We want things to be uh, the way that it needs to be to protect me and to make me feel better and to make me feel safe. Forget about those other people. That's their fault that they were born there. No, that's, that's, not, that's not the gospel. That's not why Jesus came. It's for God so loved the world, not just a couple of us. Jesus has given us the hope of the world to take and share. And we find the last blessing in verse 13. And you, are all, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked 
You are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And so last, we find blessings from God the Holy Spirit. Now this, this question, so I know who I am, and I know that someone cares about me, so the next question is, well, what's next for me? What's next? I got everything else figured out, but I know this is going to end here at some point. And what I see in this text here is both a promise and confidence. A blessing of a promise and a blessing of confidence. The work on the cross, the resurrection of Jesus, it's, com- it's the completed work of God. It's not an ongoing process. And if you believe this, you're on the winning side. I like to think of this as, as like the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know we have a lot of baseball fans in here. Once you're in, you're in. Well, a few years ago, it might have been 10 or 15, I, I, I remember this writer, he, he said that, um, that the Hall of Fame is too watered down and we should only have 25 guys in it, and, and if someone gets voted in, that means you're actually pushing someone else out as well. Um, and I thought this idea of comparing it to our faith, uh, am I better than this person? Well, if he gets in, then I should get in. I'm, I'm in the top, the top tier or the top percentage, right, the top percentile. No, that's, that's not how it works. This, is offered, this blessing is offered to everyone. The promise doesn't change, so our confidence shouldn't either. But when life gets challenging, uh, it, it happens. We need these blessings. Uh, we need the blessing of confidence, and we need the blessing of a promise that we don't forget. It's like the story of the, uh, in the barracks where uh, Corey Tenboom and her sister Betsy were kept in the Nazi concentration camp, Ravensbrück. They were terribly overcrowded and flea-infested. They had been able to miraculously smuggle a Bible into the camp, and and that Bible, uh, they they had read that in all things they were to give thanks and that God can use anything for good. So Betsy decided that this meant thanking God for the fleas. Yeah, Corey thought that was too much, but Betsy told her, this is what the Bible says. So they followed it. They they prayed and they thanked God for the fleas. Well, then over the next several months, A wonderful but curious thing happened. They found that the guards never entered the barracks. That meant that the women there were were not assaulted, which happened frequently uh, when they would come in there. It also meant that they were able to do the unthinkable. They were able to share the gospel, have a Bible study and prayer meetings right in the middle of a concentration camp. Why did this happen? Many women came to Christ through this. And only at the end did they discover why the guards never came into their barracks. It was the fleas. They didn't, the guards didn't want, to, want anything to do with the fleas. Some of you are surrounded by fleas right now. They're, they're all over. There's no thankfulness in this time. This is not a, a fun time. But if this is you right now, I would beg that you to just stop for a second. And only, if only for a moment, stop thinking about your circumstances. And remember these blessings. Remember that the, the Father uh, has, has given you life and chosen you and adopted you and through the son uh, we find we find hope and value and through the spirit we have a promise and confidence so in 2019 regardless of how 2018 went or 2017 or 16 or or maybe even how 2019 has gone so far uh, regardless of all that start out the year knowing that you are blessed it may be hard to see it right now but they're there we just have to keep looking in the right place if you know jesus huge blessing that many people don't have. God has answered the, the, the hardest questions in life, the questions that matter the most. We just have to look to him for the answers. 
in his great love for us, God did what he needed to do. I want to close with just a couple of verses from the book of Isaiah, and I'll share why in a second. Um, he said, Surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. See, just like God looked after his people then, the Israelites, he looks after us today. This is not new for God. He's been doing this all along, offering blessings to, to, to the people in the world, to his people. Jesus became our Savior. God is our Father. And the Spirit lives within each of us, working in our lives and guiding us along the way. Let's pray. Father God, as we, as we enter this new year, I, I just ask that this is a, a new beginning, uh, reminders of, of, of what you've done for us. Uh, we can get so lost in, in what's going on in our lives, good and bad, uh, that, that we just don't think. Um, and so I pray for every person here uh, that we begin or continue to uh, look to these blessings uh, as, as gifts that you've given us to share with the world. And so I, I pray that we make it our mission uh, to be a part of your mission and share the gospel so that others may too know the blessings uh, that you've offered through Jesus. He's healed through the Spirit. Thank you for Jesus, and it's his name we pray. Amen.